when I first moved down here, I, I volunteered. That's the other thing. I volunteered. I was good and grown, but I'd moved to Atlanta and I didn't have a job yet. I was still looking. So I asked a lady, I found a lady that owned a PR firm down here and asked her, can I volunteer until I found a job? And she let me come in and do that. And it was some interesting lessons in there, (laughs) but all of them were good lessons. I'm going to say, I shouldn't say bad lessons. They were lessons that hurt based on the people that were around me and how they treated me and that kind of thing. It was kind of like, welcome to Atlanta. I was like, Ooh, I don't know about this, but there were lessons in that. So, and that, that's the other thing I would say. Sometimes, you know, I didn't always get paid for what I was doing. So people think, oh, you jumped right in and did that. You know, I wasn't getting paid my own business for a long time at first. And certainly that wasn't easy, but sometimes you got to volunteer and do things to build those relationships and, you know, and all those kind of things. Welcome to Smart Career and Money Moves, a podcast for professionals seeking fulfillment and purpose in their careers. Each week, we will sit down with experts and trailblazers to discuss the ups and downs of finding and following your passions, whether it's through climbing the corporate ladder, starting a business, or launching a side hustle. So let's get into the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Smart Career and Money Moves podcast. Today, I have Miss Tanya Hawley. She is really like a big sister to me. She's basically known me my whole life. I hope she doesn't tell any embarrassing stories today. But she is the founder of Camby Conversations. She's been interviewed for an episode of Unsung, which I love to watch. She has coordinated events that brings music therapy and love to the elderly and the youth. She's a publicist and entertainment consultant, and I'm hoping that she can share some of those PR secrets with us and how we can use those to further our own careers. Welcome to the show, Ms. Tanya. Thank you so very much, Jerry, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. We've got so much to unpack today. But before we dive into the episode, the very first thing I like to ask people is to finish the sentence. My smartest career and money move was. I thought you weren't going to say something I had to think about. (laughs) (laughs) But it's off the top, off the top of your head. What do you think the smartest career money move was for you? To start my own business. Very love that answer. And we're going to dive into that. So before we talk about how you got into starting that business, which was a pivotal moment for you, let's take it back a little bit, kind of toward the beginning of your career. So you studied communications. I did. And from what I could see on LinkedIn and online, what I studied about you is that you took several communications jobs, but how did you ultimately land in PR? Like, how did you decide that this is my lane? So it kind of decided for me, I think. (laughs) So I love music and I love entertainment. I always have. So we'll go back a little bit. So even in college, anyone that knew me in high school and college knows I've always had the love for music. Anybody that knows me knows that. But my major in college was initially psychology. And I felt that I was going to go crazy in that field before I could help anybody. So I changed my (laughs) major. And I changed it to communications because I loved entertainment and music. And I thought PR or something in broadcasting or something like that would be, it fit me better. But I didn't find that out till after I was in college and um, was taking a few courses. And I was, I guess I was finding myself. So it started back then. Actually, I remember Jackie saying to me, oh yeah, that fits you, Tanya. You need to be a communications major. I remember her saying that to me. And and from there, the rest is history. I kind of, but... 
I will say my major was broadcasting. It was not PR. So it ended up being broadcasting. I went on and I worked in corporate America, all in, but I, it, that fell into my lap in corporate America. It was more PR, it was more communications. I wasn't doing much of the broadcasting. So that's the part in corporate America I ended up doing. And that's the path I ended up following, which I, I liked it. Although broadcasting didn't leave me, it actually came back to me in the later years. And we'll talk about my show later. But that's kind of how it happened. It just kind of happened. I didn't pursue it intentionally. It just, those were the jobs that I got and, and I got experience in it in corporate America. So... Before we get into this juicy entrepreneur, your entrepreneurial lane, what do you think was the height of your corporate, your experience in corporate America? Because a lot of the people that I work with, you know, they're either trying to find jobs, trying to find fulfillment, trying to make sense of this corporate career that they have. What would you say was the height for you? I think the height was when I was able to incorporate it. And it wasn't a particular job. It was several different ones. But I was able to incorporate things that I love into the position I was in. For example, I was in a communications position in corporate America, but they had me doing, I was able to be creative and do things like we were moving from one building, the whole company was moving to another location. So I said, well, let's let's celebrate it and tell everybody by, we send voicemails out for everything else. Let me send a voicemail out for expressing the excitement of moving to a new building and make it fun instead of, oh, we got to move all this stuff. Oh, so you know what I did? I put music to it because that's what I do. And before you knew it, we had a whole voiceover and message went out. They had Earth, Wind and Fire, let's get away. And it went out to the entire team. But things like that, I was able to do with events and just different things that I just loved. I got to be, when I was able to be creative, I found I loved that and add music to it because music makes things better. That's what I, so... It wasn't a particular thing. It was different positions that I was able to incorporate it into. So it was it your job to come up with some way to communicate this move or you took that upon yourself? Took that upon myself. But, you know, I was I would could write this for job. I wasn't doing it, but I wrote press releases. You know, I, I did a newsletter. So I was communicating different things. But I, I wanted to find a creative way to do that thing in particular. So it was me. It wasn't in my job description to do voiceovers with music or anything like that. No, <laughs> no. I mean, what I'm just the light bulb that went off is a lot of people, they get into these jobs and then they're, oh, I don't like it, but they can't find a way to infuse, you know what I mean? Like you, you found a way to infuse what you actually wanted to do into what was available to you. And I, I mean, that's really kind of bold. A lot of people feel like, if I go outside what my job description says that like somebody might have a problem with it, what was the reaction? <laughs> what was the feedback? I took a chance. It was corporate America, but I had some really nice people. I think open-minded people. The department I was in at the time was just two of us. So once it got past my supervisor and then it went to her supervisor and they were okay with it, it was a wrap. So all they could say is yes or no. That's how I look at it. I didn't think they would fire me for that because it wouldn't have, have got out if they had said no. But they thought it was pretty creative and they liked it. You just made me think of that because I haven't thought of that story in a long time. But I love that. <laughs> Pulling out all these. That's what the podcast does, right? It makes people think of these little stories that kind of weave into how everything fits together. And it's usually something that you may have thought was insignificant. Like, I didn't even think I was doing anything. I just felt like creating a little jingle and did it. <laughs> yeah. And I figured everybody loves Earth, Wind & Fire. <laughs> <laughs> So did, were you able to, did that lead to like, how did that change your job? Did it do anything for you at work? Did it give you some other introduction to new projects? Like, 
what do you think happened as a result of that? Uh, I I got compliments from the the staff. Uh, I mean, they were I, I was getting responses for one, which meant a lot to me because they enjoyed it. They were like, "Thanks so much for that. That was we loved it. You know, that was great." Which doesn't happen often, you know. So the fact that they even listened to it and paid attention to it, and I was not in that position much longer. I was transferred to another department where I applied for it and I got it. And I think that might have helped get me to a different position at that same company because I, I didn't want to be in that position forever. I didn't want to be in it long at all, actually. <laughs> so, And I wasn't. I wasn't. So I think that may have contributed to that as well. And I just think people now looked forward to what else is she going to do? You know, that kind of thing. Okay. So you kind of started to make a name for yourself. So you're in this corporate career, you're kind of doing some different things in PR. Tell us about the Camdy Group and like what led to you starting your own thing. So the Camdy Group, first of all, and it's K-A-M-D-I, in case people are wondering, because they always think we're saying candy. But first of all, the actual name are my kids' initials. So it's K, Kaylin, Amira, Miles, and then the D.I., they called my mom, their grandmother, Dia. So I took the D.I. from that. And that's how the name came about. I took the A off because I thought it sounded like a disease if you called it Camdia. So we weren't going to call it Camdia. Okay. We just made it Camdia. <laughs> so, but I've always had somewhat of an entrepreneur spirit. I was in um, Mary Kay for years as a director and had all that. And I would say I learned so much from doing that. An entrepreneur having your own business just there. My training ground was there. So sometimes you got to do other things to get to where you want to be. And you may not even realize you're learning or you're training yourself for it. Because now I even look back and some of the lessons I learned, some of the uh, management and business skills came from doing that for quite some time. And I just did it for extra money, but ended up progressing well with it and that kind of thing. So I, I enjoyed it, but it was setting the groundwork for some other things. But in the back of my mind, even when I was doing that, I knew I needed to do something or I wanted to do something in music and entertainment because I always had a passion for it. Like I said, we're talking back in high school. I always had a passion, always loved music, always knew something. I didn't know what in that little town of Youngstown, Ohio, what I was going to (laughs) do. But now I'm in Atlanta, of course. But it was inside of me and I was feeding it and didn't know I was feeding it all those years. And it took a minute, I will say, to get to that point. So it didn't start off to what it is now. And I still got a long way to go because it started off, I did more of events type stuff. And I was creative with that, doing little things that weren't your standard events. But it grew into a lot of other things. And I won't tell that whole story now because you're probably asking me something that'll trigger, but how it all got started and that kind of thing. But seeds were planted in me along the way. You know, everything I was doing in corporate America, I didn't realize I would be using now, like writing those press releases. And because that's not what I didn't do that in college. That Remember, it was broadcasting. So when I got in corporate America, that's when I started writing more and press releases and, and doing different things, newsletters and that kind of thing. So it all was the training ground for me. So take me back to the day or the time period when you decided to take the leap and you said, now's the time I have to get back to my love of music. I have to start something of my own. Were you still in corporate or were you just doing the sales in Mary Kay? Well, because my the first entrepreneur business was Mary Kay. So I left corporate America to do Mary Kay full time. Okay. Tell me about that. Let's not glaze over that. What gave you the courage to leave corporate America and to do something on your own? You know, hindsight... I probably would have waited a little longer, <laughs> but I really was unhappy in corporate America. It's it's not what I wanted to do. And I was doing decent in Mary Kay. I just felt like 
I want to do a leap of faith and I want to do this. Praise God, I had I had a husband who was very supportive at the time. Actually, he was almost my husband. Okay. <laughs> so he was a very supportive boyfriend. <laughs> uh, he was my fiance, actually. We were getting married the following year. And he was very supportive at the time. Thank God I had someone to support me. I was just that miserable, to be honest, in corporate America. And everybody, I would say, you know, make sure you have your finances and your things in order before you take a leap of faith like that. Like I said, I, I had a great husband to be, but I, it was mainly because it was almost like painful. I hated it. I, it was a long drive. I didn't like what I was doing. It was, it was just not a fun time for me. And I loved, I was doing well in Mary Kay, probably not as well as I wanted to be doing, meaning I wish I'd been doing a little bit better, but it was still okay. So I just, it was a leap of faith that I made that decision and decided to do my business full time. And I did that for a while, several years. So Mary Kay started off as the side hustle. Oh, yes. That was my part time gig. Okay. So you're side hustling Mary Kay. You get fed up at work. Absolutely. I think that's interesting because I always attributed me getting fed up at work to being like the only woman, the only African-American. It was just always so lonely. And I thought that like, oh, I'm going to go get a business. I'm going to go get an MBA because the business side of things like it's cool, it's popping. So I'm interested to hear somebody seemingly in like a cool career, like you're doing PR, you know, it just sounds cool from the outside that you still kind of feel those same feelings. And what's interesting is I wasn't doing PR at the time. I was in a, a, a marketing position, but it wasn't a PR we're speaking of okay. now. It was more because mar- I do marketing stuff too. So, but I enjoy PR because I still have now even have small clients that are non-entertainment, small businesses that I do marketing and PR for. And I had to grow to that too. But in that particular position, I was not doing that. And all the things you just said were happening there. I was the only black female in that department. And interesting, I, when I first went to that company, I was in, I just had moved to Atlanta. I got my foot in the door by being in the call center. Sometimes you got to step back the step to be able to go forward. So I did what I had to do to get my foot in the door. The call center, I was truly miserable because I was like, oh my gosh. So I, I wasn't there long. I was there maybe, I don't know, six months. I can't even remember. But then the department I was talking about, I did all that, those things in. I transferred to that department, which was much better. I was off the phones because this was truly on the phones. It was a telecommunication company. So then from there, I was promoted to another marketing position, but it still, it was not a fun time. As soon as I got to that position, my supervisor, and I got offered in two different positions, there's two different marketing departments. They offered me a job in both of them and I had to choose and I made the wrong choice. I didn't know that, of course. (laughs) But as soon as I got in there, she went on, my boss went on maternity leave. So I was just kind of like, what am I supposed to be doing here? So I didn't, there wasn't a lot of guidance and it just made it even harder. So, and that's when I decided to leave and I did. So here's the cheat code to making a career pivot or to getting promoted. First, you need the skills to do the job or the ability to learn how to. Second, you have to be able to market and sell yourself as the best candidate for the job. I created the Career Brand Accelerator as a professional development program to help you become a master at marketing and selling your skills so that you will always have the tools you need to make a career change. Because let's be honest, it's easy to get a new degree or certification or even to revamp your resume, but nothing quite prepares you for establishing your brand and for finding out what makes you unique so that you can stand out from the other job candidates in today's competitive job market. I have good news for you. 
you don't have to navigate your career on your own. Visit thecareerbrandaccelerator.com to learn more about how to pivot into your next role and how to level up your career without new degrees and certifications and without applying for tons of jobs online. Okay, so how do we decide that it's time to leave Mary Kate and to really get back to our passion of music? And that decision was more of, I started having a family. And when I was my second child, my second son, they were only 18 months apart. So, you know, I had one 18 months and a newborn and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so I didn't want to do that anymore. It just, it ran its course. Although I loved it at the time, but it ran its course. And for a minute, I did and dab, you know, as I came out of Mary Kay and I was doing a little bit of my business here and there, I was doing it, but I had two babies and we know that takes a lot Two at the same time home all day with them. So it was more of an outlet. And I started doing more of a, what I called a different business that turned into the same business was called Loving the Details, a play on love in the details or loving the details, which was more of a type of events thing, but also creative stuff going on. So we did that for a while. Then I changed the name to the Camdy Group. And that came about, if that's where you want me to get to. <laughs> a friend of mine from high school, I happened to reconnect with her and she, I told her, you know, I want to do more with music, da, 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 and that kind of thing. And I was doing a little bit here and there and working with a, at church. We had a great praise and worship, but they also had a group at church and I was on that ministry and that kind of got my feet wet again, working with that group called Destiny's Praise, which had a CD that ranked on the gospel charge and all that good stuff. So I still was doing a little bit, but she introduced me to her now husband, who was an R&B artist, old school R&B artist. And that was my first client. I kind of reconnected with her. And from there, I pretty much, that's where I really started, started. And I would say social media helped me a whole lot. So from there, because people often ask me, well, where do you get these people that you're interviewing and all that good stuff? Well, with that first client, whose name is D-Train, you probably don't know who he is, but some of your people watching may, or they'll go look him up. We were talking one day and he said, I said, do you want to do an interview? There's a show called Unsung. Okay. But they're on Facebook. There's a group called Fans of Unsung. And I'm an Unsung fanatic. I love that show because they tell the stories of all the old school artists. And I said, oh, Fans of Unsung. I had joined that group. And I said, it'd be kind of cool if, if they kind of interviewed you online on that page. And this is before everything was virtual and live. They didn't have Facebook Live at that time. But you could go into a chat room and talk to your fans, which is what I wanted to do for him. So I contacted the administrator of that page. He said, sure, we can do that. And so we scheduled a time. We go to the Facebook page and we go live without going live. We just kind of met in the chat room. We announced it and all that. And he's answering questions. The fans, as you were typing everything at the time, you know, typing the questions. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. It was a literal chat, literally chatting. Literally, <laughs> okay. yeah. In the, in the chat room where you're just typing, you know. And it was great. And afterwards, D-Train said to me, I said, well, what'd you think? How was it? He said, well, it was fine. It'd be nice if someone had welcomed me or said hello or something. Oh, <laughs> so, like an intro, like. Yeah, anything, because the person that had the page wasn't even there. I thought he was going to be there. He wasn't there. And I thought, you know what? That's a good idea. Let me ask him, can I do that on his page? So I called him. I talked to him. And he said, sure. So from there, I started doing 
chats on that Facebook page, which now that page is like 50,000, 60,000 members on it. And at, at that time, it was a large number. It's like 20,000 or something. Like it was a large number at that time. And he said, yeah, you can do that. So from there, I was like, okay, who am I interview? Who to this chat room and ask? Well, I just started inboxing people, um, artists, and they were responding to me. So I just started hosting chats on that page. That's how that started. <laughs> and Funny thing happened when I was hosting chats on that page, I started building relationships. I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to meet these people. I found out they needed some help. I needed to show them what to do because you you still need to organize it. You still need to show them how to get in, um, what to do. I would welcome them and moderate it, but I would call them. I make an appointment beforehand and go through everything with them so they would know what, what to do and how to do it. So we did a run through. I did an introduction but as I was doing that, I was building relationships. And funny thing, several of those people later on, I ended up, they ended up being my client. I ended up working with them in some capacity, booking them for other stuff. So that's how it kind of the artist thing all got started um, in the entertainment field of it, through Facebook and doing that. I'm like blown away. You know, like when you learn like these little <laughs> tidbits about people, like I would have never known that. <laughs> but this is so crazy. It's the theme, it seems like you're the queen of opera, like making your own opportunities. Like you literally created that just by asking, like by putting yourself out there. You know what? I, I hadn't even thought about it like that. Honestly, I just did it. And I had someone else say that to me. You just call, how did you do X, Y, and Z? I said, well, I called him up. They're like, you just called him? Like you act like it's nothing to call Dionne Warwick. Cause I interviewed Dionne Warwick. And, you know, or, or her people, to call her people, or you just, you just ask. Mary Kay taught me that. All they can say is yes or no. That's a sales thing that you learn in marketing and sales. All they can say is yes or no. And they tell you it's all about the number in sales. It's the same thing. You just call. You just keep calling. Somebody going to say yes, you hope. But, you know, and they're not, you don't take it personal when they say no. And so it's, it, it's really about what I have learned because, you know, I was in corporate and then, you know, me trying to transition into my own coaching business. It's the same thing as like I'm having to or had to learn. I'm still learning it. But it's like detaching yourself from the outcome. You have to just ask, regardless of what they're going to say, because you don't know what they're going to say, because like the average person would just talk themselves out of it. Oh, I'm nobody. I don't have enough going on. Why would they respond to me? And this really resonates with kind of like what my clients go through because my methodology for helping people in their careers is I don't believe in applying for jobs online. I believe they should do exactly what you did because that's what worked for me. I actually did the same thing on LinkedIn. Like if I want a job, if I want to meet somebody, just shoot them a message. And people are like, you can do that? And it's just like, yeah, and people, they respond. So what tips can you give for like pushing past that fear, right? How do we push past the fear that somebody might say, no, they might think we're crazy, you know, whatever. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a quote I heard a long time ago from a mentor of mine. And, you know, and the definition of fear, false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. So it's, Fear and you can't have fear and faith, you know, that's the other thing. You can't have fear and faith. And I, I certainly have faith and God has guided me through this whole thing. My thing for this year is keep your eyes on the prize. And it it may not for me to say that to someone, they're gonna say, Oh yeah, the prize or whatever your goal is, but my prize 
It's not even about that. My prize is God, is one day I've got an answer to him. One day I want him to say, well done. So my eyes are on that prize because that's bigger than anything that's here. So that keeps me grounded and makes me remember why I'm doing this because ultimately it's to bless other people. In PR, you put other people first. You to push it out. That's why I told you I, I don't usually do the interviews. I'm scheduling them for other people or I'm interviewing other people. So, but someone told me sometimes you got to put yourself in the spotlight so you can shine that spotlight on somebody else. So I'm learning to do that. But you know, don't let fear stop you. You know, those some of the stuff I said may sound cliche, but it's true. You got to believe and develop tough skin, y'all, because. People are going to tell you no. People will disappoint you. That's why my eyes are on the prize and not on these people. So know that you may get the no, but it's okay because as they used to tell me, your no's are only going to get you one step closer to their yes. So just keep going. I know people have probably heard all this before, but maybe they need to hear it again, Mary. Yeah, I think hearing what sounds cliche, but when you can associate it to something real that somebody has done, you know, like it gives it depth. And I think people just be trying to make stuff complicated. It is that simple. <laughs> it is that simple. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Like, it's just like, you want it to be re- the answer to be super complicated when it's like, no, Tanya was scared to reach out to Dion Warwick's people, but she sent the email anyway. <laughs> like, it was literally that simple, right? I mean. I can say it's no. Or another thing, don't be afraid to ask, like you said, because a lot of the the people that I was I was able to get in touch with is because I asked, do you know so-and-so? And can you put me in touch with them? Or or it's because I built relationships with people along the way that I could call and say, hey, I really want to interview this person. Do you have a contact for them? And they will give it to me. So it's building those relationships along the way and building a report. Like I, I didn't even meet these people. Everybody was online on Facebook. You know, everybody's online on Facebook, like every interview. And I, a couple of them, I started one of the first ones who's like family to us now is, is R&B singer Glenn Jones. And working with him was just awesome. And he, he shared a lot. I learned a lot with him. And we went on the Tom Joyner cruise some years ago, but it was on that cruise. I got to put a lot. Of, I got to meet so many of the people I had interviewed through Facebook. I finally got to meet them in person. Needless to say, that was the best vacation I ever had. So it all came about. That's what everybody says. How do you do that? It all came about from just asking on Facebook. It was Facebook, the social media that put me in a position now where some of these people are my clients and I work with and I'm friends with. They're like family to me. Like I'm at their homes now because they truly are good friends of mine. But that all came from just asking. So, and so you're saying that you got the skill of just asking from your sales experience. And I think a lot of people are afraid of sales, but they don't realize that like how many gems there are like in that field. What other gems do you have for us that you that you picked up from your sales experience that, you know, helped you either in your career and your, you know, starting your business? Well, first of all, yes, nobody wants to sell, really. Most people, unless you're, you know, most people say that I'm not a salesperson. You know, I heard that a lot. I said it myself. Our thing was you're teaching people how to take care of their skin. That was the thing that we you know, that we say teaching people how to take care of their skin. That was the thing. So don't be afraid of sales because you are selling yourself in some capacity every day. I mean, you don't have to think of it as sales, but you're selling somebody on that interview. You're selling yourself because you want that job. You're selling to your kids because they need to obey you. You sell them as, as being the parent figure and you're the mother and you're running this house. So you're going to listen to me. Yep. <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. So no, I don't think I was a great salesperson, but I had 
a great leader that taught me a lot of things. I had a lot to do with who was under, or I don't say under, but whose group I was in that taught me. He was a, truly a mentor to me. I was blessed in that sense because she was far more than that than a sales director. But a lot of the things that we learned, so of course you learned how to sales, but even relationships and different personalities and, and how you can relate to people who think differently than you, you know, that whole personality thing, the DISD, people may know about DISC or they may call it something different now, but the dominant personalities and all of that, those, all that stuff was important. How to talk to people so they can understand you on their level, because you're communicating in one way, but they can't hear you that way because that's not their language. So, you know, all those kind of things. And just learn everything you can, period. You know, it might not even be something you think you can use right now, but later on, you just never know. I mean, there's lessons in, in just, I, when I first moved down here, I, I volunteered. That's the other thing. I, I volunteered. I was good and grown, but I moved to Atlanta and I didn't have a job yet. I was still looking. So I asked a lady, I found a lady that owned a PR firm down here and asked her, can I volunteer until I found a job? And she let me come in and do that. And it was some interesting lessons in there, <laughs> so, but all of them were good lessons. I'm, I'm going to say, or I shouldn't say bad lessons. They were lessons that hurt based on the people that were around me and how they treated me and that kind of thing. It was kind of like, welcome to Atlanta. I was like, ooh, I don't know about this, but it was, there were lessons in that. So, and that that's the other thing I would say. Sometimes, you know, I didn't always get paid for what I was doing. So people think, oh, you jumped right in and did that. You know, I wasn't getting paid in my own business for a long time at first. And certainly that wasn't easy, but sometimes you got to volunteer and do things to build those relationships and, uh, you know, and all those kind of things. So that's the lesson. Don't be afraid to volunteer your services at first. Now, don't do it forever. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Don't do it forever. But sometimes you got to walk that road for a minute just to get to where you want to be. Do what you got to do until you get to where you want to be. Yeah, it seems like. I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, when you want to start a business, it's like, oh, I'm going to open my doors and people are just going to start throwing money at me. And it's like, you still have to learn the ropes, right? You still have to figure out what you're doing because it's, you know, new. And now you're in charge of everything. You're every department. You really are, which can be yeah. scary. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Uh, extra. Okay. Okay. Cause I mean, the times that I've seen you, I mean, you haven't been like super loud or anything. So I was just wanted to ask. And, but like a lot of this, the, the strategies that you did, it's like, I mean, you just put yourself out there kind of without thinking. And that's kind of why I asked. I wonder if she's an extrovert. Cause do you feel all those things kind of came natural that I'm just going to call people, I'm reach out, make relationships. After a while it did. I have to admit, I don't think at first it was. It almost was like, I don't think I've always been extra, but I've been more more that than introvert, I think. I mean, I'm not the one that's, I don't want to jump on stage and, and say stuff to everybody, but I can and I will and I, I'll step into the shoes. I, I can step into the shoes and do what I need to do. And now now it's more natural. It, can't, it, it feels more natural than it did. It hasn't always been like this. And that came from training because once I, we're going back to Mary Kay, once I became a, a director, you have your own unit and you're training and you're on, in, on Front Street, you're planning the meetings, you're training your own team, you're doing all that stuff. Then you're on stage per se in front of this whole group and you're speaking in front of this whole group every week. And then you go to big events and you're walking on stage and you're, you know, all those little things that you don't think nothing of. And all of a sudden I felt more confident and more comfortable doing it. So even though it's been years since I did that, those things helped me to where I am now. Okay. Awesome. And so 
you said your smartest money career money move was starting the Camdy Group. What lessons, like what do you think was the most pivotal lesson that you've learned since starting the group, since going out on your own and running your business? And how long has it been? That's a tricky question because remember I, I did I did some of it bef- before I was doing it without it being the Camby Group per se, so it's been about uh, twelve years I think ten years I don't even stop counting but it's been a little while but it hasn't always been the this where it is now put it that way of course so it's and then and then it comes and goes yeah I mean <laughs> so, meaning but you kept going <laughs> yeah I kept going. And I have to say, it's not just entertainment or just music because I, I do have small business clients work right now that I work with that I'm their marketing manager. So that's kind of, but it's still part time and it's still part of my business per se. So, what was the pivotal lesson that you've learned as you've kind of moved into running your own thing? I think the key is in that word pivot. You've got to pivot. When COVID came, entertainment hurt. That's the main industry that hurt really bad. So there wasn't, However, I have to say that industry got hurt, but that's when I started Camby Conversations. I started that during COVID. I said, everybody's home. Now I can do them visually live before they were behind the scene. And I also, I have to say, I I transitioned from, I remember I mentioned the Fans of Unsung page. I was doing it for them. I was basically on that page doing it. And it wasn't Camby Conversations. Just like, come have a a happy hour with your favorite artist. You know, I I personalized that. I made it mine. I was doing all the work. I was putting it all together, coordinating it, logistics, everything with the artists. I said, I need to make this mine. So I made that decision to make it my show during that time and and had a different angle because now we were going to be live. You're going to see the artists you couldn't before. And Everybody's home. So I was just calling them like, and I, I repeated some because nobody got to see them in person before. So now now you get to see them in person and ask the questions. So that's when I, that all started. But I would say, learn how to pivot. I learned how to pivot. Um, whatever situation, it's like you bounce back. What do I do next? Okay, so I can't do this. What do I do next? And figure it out. Be creative with it. If it means, okay, let me go find, maybe there's another a small business I can work with right now, or what artists might need help? Who's got a new release coming out? Maybe I can help them with that. You know, so I learned to pivot. If I don't want to go back to corporate America, I got to pivot and figure out what I'm going to do next, which is not always easy. <laughs> so, and then my husband's going to look at me and say, yeah, what you going to do next? <laughs> so. And you kind of answered my next question. I was going to ask you like, cause earlier you mentioned you know, in some of the the different career things that you had going on, you just felt like you couldn't do it anymore. I know you said that about the call center and that other job. I just couldn't do it anymore. So what do you say to someone who is in a career right now? They might be running their own company. They, you know, might be in a corporate job. What do you do when you just can't do it anymore? That's a personal decision. First of all, write down your pros and cons, write down your passions, what is it that you love to do that you would do even if nobody paid you to do it? See, I knew because I already did it when nobody paid me to do it. <laughs> so I already knew in the entertainment field, you know, I had to love for it. I had to figure out what it was exactly. And sometimes that's what you got to figure out. What is it? And then I would strongly also suggest that don't be so quick to just quit. Most a lot of people can't do that to just quit your job because you still got to eat in the process. So I always say, you got to eat. So do it. You do what you got to do till you get to where you want to be. But at least if you write down the pros and cons and find out what your passions are or what it is that you truly love doing that you would want to do no matter what, you kind of got something to start with. 
Because if your passions lie in this, if your passions lie in, I don't know, food, you know, you love making desserts and everybody loves your desserts and you know that's what you're good at and you love doing it because you might be good at something, but you may not love doing it. You know, so that's a big difference. Then maybe that's the direction you should take, but you got to figure it out first, I think. And I think it's about being present. Because your story is a really good example that like you were hosting those Facebook chats for free. Like you were just doing it. I just loved it. I said, like, ooh, and I, these artists I grew up listening to. And ooh, it's this person. Ooh, it's this person. You know? And I didn't even realize I was building relationships and rapport till later. And, and a great example is later, one of those groups called me to do an interview because that was confunctioned because Silk Sonic just redid their song and they want everybody to hear their response to it. But we want you to do it. So you want me to do the interview? They said, yeah, we want you, we want you to interview us. Because they're like, Tanya, we need to, we need to do X, Y, Z. I said, okay, well, how do you want to do that? I said, why don't we interview with you? They said that to me. I said, oh, okay. And today that's been my largest viewing show. There's been like 160,000 wow. views on that. Oh, go ahead. And they called me for that. And as a result of that, I ended up working with them. So that's just another example. Remember, this all started back when I was doing, this was been some years, Unsung. So, I mean, fans of Unsung, a Facebook page. Wow. I'm sure this is just the beginning for you, Tanya. We will all be watching, following your success of your company, the conversations. Where can we find you? Where can we support you? Where are you at on social media? Yes, you can follow me and subscribe to my YouTube page, which is The Camdy Group. Also, my Facebook page, The Camdy Group. Instagram is all The Camdy Group. I've got, you know, Facebook is my personal and my business page. So I've just got Tanya Hawley and then also The Camdy Group. But my, my show actually streams live on YouTube. And so subscribe to my YouTube channel, but also on Facebook on the Camden Group page. And there's, you know, sprinkled on my personal page and all that. You can find it on there. Those are the main two pages where you can see the show, which I'm having a Valentine special um, this Thursday. We'll link to everything in the show notes. Everything you want to, to be linked to will be in the show notes. But the one, one final question. I always like to leave the listeners with some sort of resource. So what have you been reading? What are you listening to? Like, what keeps you going? Where do you get your motivation? And where, where do you go to learn? Like some of the things that, you know, are helping you continue to grow in your career. Well, my things aren't going to be, you know, it's more entertainment music stuff that I'm going to for that part. So it's like your entertainment tonight stuff type things. And things are always online about entertainers. So I'm always looking and reading to find out. There's a lot of the people that I actually follow to find out what's going on. And also, as far as my corporate clients, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing whatever their area is, for instance, I have an HR client. So I'm, I'm kind of reading and subscribing and looking at what HR is doing, people in HR. So I might be on LinkedIn looking at HR people and just seeing what, what some of the trends are. And I do the same thing for music, just keeping abreast of that. Uh, who's hot, who's not, you know, those kind of things. So whatever's trending, you know, Unsung is one of my favorite shows and resources. Um, you mentioned I, I, I was able to be interviewed for one of them, which was a highlight for me. And again, that too, I can trace all the way back to that Fans of Unsung page because the artist that I interviewed there which was Glenn Jones. That's who I ended up working with. And he's like family to us now, but I was featured on his, his episode, his unsung episode. So yeah, so I, I would find things or people to follow if you're on social media 
because you know they'll they'll see what you like and you'll keep getting those pop-ups depending on what your interests are and just see what's there but don't believe everything you read on social media <laughs> some things you know they'll tell you an artist died and they haven't so you got to be careful with that so you have to just be aware of that but just find certain tv shows because now i do can be conversations so i love tamron hall you know so i'm looking good morning america i'm looking at those to see what they're doing, what the trends are, what are they looking like, what are they talking about, you know, those kind of things. Okay, so just researching in your, you just staying current in your industry, right? Like not turning a blind eye, feeling like you made it. You share so, I mean, so many good gems that you just casually threw out there. Like, yeah, I just emailed people. It happened. I was on TV. I got, you know, 160,000 views on my interview. <laughs> I mean, you dropped so many gems and I think you really shared, you know, some actionable tips that I think people can take away and infuse into what they have going on. I can't thank you enough for being a guest on today's episode. It was so much fun. You're a great inspiration. And I can't wait to just keep following your journey. I'm inspired. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate that so much. I am so proud of you and what you're doing. Like you said in the beginning, I knew you when you were just a little thing. Uh, and now look at you, you're interviewing me. Right now. And so we must do <laughs> we must do a shout out to Jackie. We must shout out to uh, Jackie Turner, who is my line sister, my sorority sister, and Jerry's aunt. So we have to give her a big shout out because we probably wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for her, really. No, and it's, and it's all about relationships still, right? Like even yes. with this podcast, I've been telling people, that, you know, I was nervous, you know, I was like, how am I going to get guests on a podcast? Nobody wants to talk to me. I literally just went through people that I knew. I went through my LinkedIn and I was like, wow, I know some dope people. Like once I really just started looking at people's profiles, I'm like, let me see if these people want to talk to me. And they all have amazing stories. And I'm so thankful for you for being a part of my journey as well. Honored. I'm honored that you even thought of me. I was very surprised. So thank you. Oh, <laughs> I was like, she wants to interview me. Thank you so much. For thinking <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you, Tanya. We'll chat. Okay. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode as much as I did, be sure to hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star review, or share this podcast with those in your network that are striving to make smart career and money moves. Till next week. Bye.